0: Good morning, friends. Happy Transfiguration Day. Happy Valentine's Day. My message this morning is titled, Watching Through the Window, and it comes from Luke's Gospel, chapter 7, verses 36 to 50, which if you have a Bible, I suggest that you grab it, open it up. I'm just going to try to track you through it this morning. Now, before we go much further, it helps to have two bits of background to the story. First of all, this story takes place at a formal dinner party in ancient Palestine. This is important to know because in those days, formal dinner parties often took place in an open courtyard. They were public events and that the neighbors felt free to come into the courtyard to observe the dinner party as it took place. They weren't considered guests, but they were not intruders either. They were just self-invited observers. And second, it was customary for the host to greet his invited guests with three things. One, a kiss of welcome, two, water for his feet, and three, oil to anoint his head. Now, with that little bit of information behind us, I want us to imagine today ourselves standing, perhaps in this courtyard or outside a window, and watching all of this happen. Looking inside, we could see a low table set in the middle of the courtyard. It's a U-shaped with couches arranged so that the guests will recline with their legs facing outward. And immediately we're introduced to the central character, Simon the Pharisee. What a surprise. This man has invited Jesus to come to his house for supper. It's a surprise because most of the time Jesus did not get along too well with the Pharisees. That's kind of an understatement. But Simon, it seems, was different. He was a Pharisee, but not a particularly good one. He was not deeply involved in anything. He was broad-minded enough to invite this upstart young rabbi from Nazareth to dinner. And no doubt he thought that it would not do him any harm. After all, it takes all kinds of people to make a world. Simon probably liked to be around influential people. It made him feel good to rub shoulders with movers and shakers. It was not that he he has committed to Jesus or his mission. No, this was just a social invitation, just a casual meal. Now, standing there, how would you describe Simon? Well, maybe this way. He's a curious bystander in the game of life. Diplomatic, likes to play it close to the vest, but he's no fanatic. He thinks of himself as a man who never gets backed into a corner. He's a classic middle-of-the-road guy. So it happens that Jesus has come this day to the house of a Pharisee for dinner. But as we gaze through the window or stand in that courtyard, look what's happening now. An unidentified woman enters. She walks around the table and stops at the sofa where Jesus is reclining. Now, the Bible is pretty discreet in calling her a woman who was a sinner. It just means this woman was a prostitute. She made her living by selling her body to men. She was a professional, and I have no reason to doubt that she was good at what she did. The shock is that she would actually come into the house of a Pharisee. In ordinary times, Simon and this woman would never, ever meet, at least not in public. He would not go near a woman like her, but she would not go near a man like him either. They are from opposite ends of the spectrum, yet strangely, they're thrown together for the same purpose. They both want to meet Jesus. Well, the center of attention now becomes this woman. Now, I don't know much about prostitutes, but of this much I am sure. A woman like this is a pretty good judge of men. She's probably heard every promise, every come on, every cover-up. She's seen it all. And she knew Jesus was not like all those other men. He was not going to use her and throw her away. She heard in his words the promise of a way out of her ugly, empty life. And we see Simon watching, like us, unbelieving as this woman does something very strange. She intends to anoint Jesus' feet with expensive perfume. But she begins to cry and cannot stop. And as she cries, her tears fall on Jesus' feet. She dries her, his feet with her hair. Then she smothers his feet with kisses. And finally, she anoints his feet with the perfume. Now, if this seems strange, I ask you to remember her background. She's used to touching men. She's not ashamed to show her emotions. She reacts to Jesus exactly as a woman with her background would react. It is the only way she knows. Now, how would you describe her? Generous, affectionate, impulsive, demonstrative, emotional, passionate, uninhibited. And why is she crying? It's because she loves Jesus and she's not afraid to show it. She stands to honor his greatness. She weeps overwhelmed with sorrow over her past. She wipes Jesus' feet with her hair, a sign of deep humility. She kisses his feet, a gesture of affection and respect. And she anoints his feet in gratitude for what he has done for her. But well, let's take another look back at our host, Simon, who silently watches this shocking, sensual scene. He has never seen anything like this before. It goes against all of his conservative instincts. He's deeply offended by what this woman has done. A fallen woman, a prostitute, caressing Jesus, and it bothered him. He'd never let a woman like that touch him. The whole thing was disgusting, it was revolting, it was dirty, and Simon wonders, what on earth have I just seen? Now, not so strange as this. Jesus knew exactly what Simon was thinking, so he told him a little story. It went like this. Once there were two men who owed money to a moneylender. One owed the man $5,000, the other one owed him $50,000. Now, neither one had any money, so the lender, out of the goodness of his heart, canceled the debts. Nice, simple story. Then Jesus asked Simon the $64,000 question, or today would be the million-dollar question, I guess. Which of those two men will love the lender more? Simon smells a trap. So he's a little bit cautious in his answer. He says, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. And Jesus said, bingo. Well, he didn't really say bingo. He said, that's right. In Simon's eyes, the prostitute was like the man who owed $50,000. Her debt to God was enormous because in Simon's eyes, she was an enormous sinner. Compared to hers, Simon's debt seemed to him like maybe $5. But that's not the point. If you cannot pay a debt, it does not matter how much you owe. If you're broke, you're broke. In that sense, there's no difference between owing a little and owing a lot, especially if you do not have any money. The truth slowly begins to seep in, and we hear Jesus say, Simon, we're all in debt to God. Some owe more, some less, but none of us can pay even a penny of what we really owe. Here's the gospel message. God is willing to forgive all debtors equally, the people who owe a lot and the people who owe a little. Now, as we're standing there watching, we see Simon suddenly beginning to sweat. What Jesus means is painfully clear to him. Simon, there is fundamentally no difference between you and the prostitute. As the message sinks in, we see Jesus turning to the woman for the first time. But he does not speak to her. Instead, Jesus says, Simon, do you see this woman? Do you know why she is doing these things? Simon thought he did, but he didn't. Then to all watching, Jesus systematically exposes the shabby treatment he had received. You gave me no water, Simon, but she wet my feet with her tears. You gave me no kiss, but she cannot stop smothering my feet with kisses. You didn't even offer me cheap olive oil, but she anointed my feet with expensive oil. While Jesus did not say it this way, everyone knew what he meant. (laughs) What he meant was, Simon, you kept me at arm's length. But she was not ashamed of me. You didn't even bother to show me minimal courtesy. But she lavished her love on me. You know religion. You know the temple. You know the sacrifices. You know the law. And she knows none of that. You missed the whole point, Simon. She got it. So what was Simon's problem? Well, simply this. He thought he was better than the prostitute. Simon says she is a sinner. Jesus said, no, she was a sinner. God changed tenses in her life. I mean, Simon, your problem is that you see her as she was and not as she is. You think you see her, but you do not. For years you knew her one way, but now she's clean and you can't handle it. And then Jesus speaks again. He said, therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little loves little. Now, he's not saying the worse you are, the more you are forgiven. He's saying the greater you sense your own need for forgiveness, the greater will be your love when you are forgiven. You will have gratitude and love in exact proportion with your sense of your own sinfulness. I mean, if you think you've been greatly forgiven, you will, be great, you will greatly love God. If you think you've only been forgiven a little, you will probably only love God a little. Friends, Jesus is now boring in on Simon and we look at him and we see him starting to fidget he doesn't like getting backed into a corner like this and then comes the payoff Jesus speaks to the woman for the very first time and he says three things to her your sins are forgiven that takes care of her past your faith has saved you that takes care of her present go in peace that takes care of her future that's it he never says, don't sell your body. He does not have to. She's been set free. But what about Simon? He got more in this dinner party than he bargained for. He planned a casual affair and it blew up in his face. As the party ends, we can see Simon staring at Jesus, a look of, I'd say, fear and amazement. Now, you might wonder, just who is this little story all about? Simon? The prostitute? Jesus, Simon, the man who would not commit himself to anything, the woman who risked everything, Jesus, who welcomed her and would have welcomed him. You see, friends, Simon's problem was not that he could not see the woman. It was that he could not see Jesus. Simon's problem was that he could not see himself. Simon said, I owe nothing. So he risked nothing. The woman said, I owe him everything. So she risked. Everything. It's really pretty strange, isn't it, that the worst sinners often make the best saints. Why is that? I think it's because flagrant sinners are more likely to discover that they're sinners. Here's the abiding truth, I think, from this story your love for the Lord is related to your estimate of how greatly you have sinned and how much He has forgiven you. It's not how much you sin, but how deeply you feel it that matters. Friends, we're all like that woman. So guilty, we could never pay the debt we owe. But now we've been forgiven more than our minds can even comprehend. In truth, there's a little Simon in all of us. We secretly think we're better than we really are. And so we hold back, we play it safe, and never get too radical in our commitment to Jesus. And frankly, that's why we have a hard time understanding those who do get radical, who are what I used to think of as Jesus freaks. And when you stop and think about it, this is a pretty good story for Valentine's Day because it's all about love. You see, if love is ever going to enter your life, you're going to have to open your heart and show people how you really feel. And you know, that's risky. It's dangerous, but it's the only way. If you stay like Simon, you will be safe, but love will forever pass you by. Yes, friends, love is risky business. You always have to take a chance. If you're ever going to say, I love you, or if you're going to send one of those cards that says, be my valentine, you're going to have to open your heart and let people see how you really feel. Now, that's scary, but there's no other way. Now, somewhere... In preparing, I ran across this statement that could have been written about our story. It goes this way I feel that God would sooner we did wrong in loving than never love for fear we should do wrong. As strange as it might seem, the story presents us with a clear choice. We can be like Simon or we can be like that prostitute. I mean, think about that. By long years of religious training, most of us feel much more comfortable being like Simon. I think Dr. Luke included this story so that we would be challenged to become more like the repentant prostitute. The fact that we feel uncomfortable with that says a lot more about us than it does about the Bible. See, we either live in our fears captive to the past and what might happen in the future, or we turn them around and by faith go forward with God. We can choose to be with Simon and play it safe. And in the end, we'll be sorry. Or we can be like that woman who smothered Jesus' feet with kisses. It's risky and it's daring. And the people who see us may not really understand. But at least they will know we really love him. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, feel the passion. God bless.